The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hello, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I want to welcome you once again to The Visual Workplace, our weekly radio show where we explore and we celebrate workplace visuality, letting the workplace speak. Every week we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence, our intelligence, the intelligence of our operational system into the physical landscape of work through visual devices, through visual systems, systems of visual devices. How to install the language of our current level of operational excellence into that landscape, into the work environment, even if we're not quite as excellent as we wish we were or as we will be in six months, a year, or two years. It captures that level of capability. So we make that, that level very concrete, very specific through visual devices, and we literally get to see what we think and what we know. Isn't that wonderful? Because we've captured it. Here it is. To tell merely by looking, that's the first principle of visuality, and the second is to tell the difference merely by looking. To tell merely by looking and to tell the difference merely by looking. Okay? So we're using as our dominant sense sight, but we have all our other senses at our disposal if we're clever enough to build them into devices. And today, very, very special day, we're going to have a wonderful interview with Maria Elena Stouffer, who is by training an engineer, and she is also a master lean practitioner, a continuous improvement expert, and she is a coach. But beyond that, and more important to the purposes of our show today, she has the heart of a leader. She has the soulful heart of a leader who knows how and wants to drive enterprise excellence. And you'll see that she is driving it, driving it on a national and international platform and also in her own private practice. We have many things to hear from Maria today with all of her decades, 20 years in the trenches and at the board table. Maria, I want to welcome you. I am so glad that you could join us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So um, there's a story to tell, Maria, and I want to ask if you would begin by giving us a sense of your background and, um, you know, even a, of your dreams as you first put your foot upon this path. Okay, great. Well, first of all, I need to thank you. Um, you gave me 20 years instead of 26, so I'm younger, so thank you. <laughs> so, as you said, I was actually trained as a mechanical engineer and also got an MBA with a concentration in operations. But I actually thought I would get my master's in bioengineering and dreamed of designing artificial limbs. And so, really, my real training came from the shop floor, and I like to say that everything I learned, I learned in kindergarten, seventh grade, when I learned the scientific method, and then, of course, on the shop floor. Um, so, what happened was actually quite different than that, um, if you want me to explore. Okay. So, are you going to get into the MEP? Um, oh, no, 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 no. So okay, what actually ahead. happened, I, I thought I would go into um, bioengineering, but... What ended up happening is before I got my master's, I decided to happenstance go to a career fair at school, and there was this little company named Xerox, and I was asked if I wanted to be in R&D or operations, and of course, at the time, I had no idea what the heck that meant, and said that I simply love working with people and 
couldn't dream of being in a lab working alone. And at this time, the gentleman's eyes lit up and he hired me on the spot as a manufacturing engineer. So that wasn't my dream, um, but in hindsight, it was um, serendipity and thrilled that I did it. It was your destiny. <laughs> it was my destiny. <laughs> Luke Skywalker. <laughs> so what happened then? Because so, I know your is where I want you to go, want us to go. So I'm just going to leave it to you. Sure, sure. Thank you. So from um, so I spent um, five years at Xerox, and at the time we were calling it all kinds of crazy things. We called lean thinking JIT and QuickJIT and A Delta T and everything else. When the um, you know times got tough, we changed the name. And from there, I joined American Precision Industries and actually became a supplier to Xerox, where I continued in operations and eventually ran engineering. And at that time, we were huge into lean. And I left that great little company right when we were being acquired by Danaher. Hmm. Well, give us the year. Uh, that was in 1994. Oh, okay, okay. And now, if you would transition us into your next great horizon. Ah, uh, the MEP. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful work. And you'll tell us what it means, please. Okay, so MEP is the Manufacturing Extension Partnership. It is part of the National Institute of Standards and Technology, part of the Department of Commerce. And because our company was transforming and into lean thinking and lucky working with our suppliers, I couldn't imagine doing anything else in the world. Um, but since my husband and I were relocating to the D.C. area, I said, gosh, there's not a wealth of industry here. What could I do? And I read the mission, and it was incredibly inspiring. The mission was to help U.S. small to medium-sized manufacturers become globally competitive. And I thought, my gosh, I feel like I authored the mission. It was just very moving, very inspiring. Instead of a handful of suppliers, I could effect, you know, potentially thousands of manufacturers. By working through, may I add, a network, I think it's 600 different centers, or is it, am I right that there's several centers in every state? So there are. There are in 50 states in Puerto Rico, and there we developed the National Lean Initiative, and we reached out and trained thousands of field engineers and tooled them and skilled them to support our nation's manufacturers and the people that serve these companies. Now, I, I want to just clarify that what that means kind of in my language uh, mind is that there were master practitioners, very, very good students of lean and coaches of lean going out to very small manufacturers who are like the capillaries in the great body we call our national economy and taking care of their needs and bringing them new learning, new knowledge, helping them go through technological changes, but also improvement thinking, to bring improvement thinking way, way, way down the uh, supply chain where these companies are either too small to think about changing in that kind of systematic way or they simply can't afford it through the normal routes. Did I get that right? Exactly. You nailed it. I mean, here you have, you know, foot soldiers knocking on companies' doors and analyzing them, assessing them, and helping them become more globally competitive where they wouldn't have had access. So how novel for our government, right? I think it is a tremendous contribution, and my understanding is that it was related to the agricultural extension that happened uh, during the Depression and afterwards to help farmers. It was the same kind of the government knew that the farmers needed technology support, and they needed to make sure they could get it at a reasonable price and also deeply, deeply into the small farms that populated our country. So it's the same kind of extension program, everybody. What was that called? Do you remember the farmer extension was it called it's actually um, called ag extension agricultural extension ah but but i want to say something more and then maybe you can key off some of my description the okay. thing is this is a show that is called maria elena stofer soulful leadership and i i asked maria if she would be okay if i named it that way we were going to originally talk about soulful leadership as a piece of something that she was trying to affect through her through an organization called AME. But when I remembered her career, and I've known her for 20 years, she has been 
the model of a soulful leader. She's completely ignited on the inside. She sees the horizon, and the horizon has to do with prosperity money, but also prosperity, the richness of the human spirit. And I, I experienced Maria for the first time as the head of the MEP network, bringing all of these small uh, consultant centers together and bringing them to a higher purpose. And she was unbelievable. I remember one stormy one stormy night, it was blizzarding in uh, Washington, and she was worried about putting these packages together. They were kind of like Lego games, hands-on, detailed, inspiring leader who made it happen. When it didn't want to happen, it got stuck. She got in there, and she moved it. She just moved the mass. I was so completely compelled by your dedication, Maria, and I know it's a little bit awkward for you to now talk about yourself, but I want you to talk about this burning vision that was inside of you because that is the theme of what we're talking about today. How do you notice it and how do you, how do you fan it and how do you teach others to do it? Great. So thank you for that. So, you know, I think it all happened, you know, way back at Xerox where you show up, I, I show up on the spot after them not having um, a manufacturing engineer in 17 years. I mean, keep in mind, this was in the 80s. And, you know, people struggling, and I think we'll talk about this in a little bit, is that seven out of eight people go home feeling um, dissatisfied and like the company doesn't care for them and they're unfulfilled. And how sad is that? And simply by listening and ask people what they need and supporting them with tools and safety nets and, you know, unmiring their complex systems is just incredibly rewarding to see these people blossom. So I think that has been, you know, certainly a lot of my career and understanding how to put puzzles together, how to bring people together, how to ignite people and inspire them, again, has just been very motivating. I remember, um, you know, after that interviewing for the MEP and our director, Kevin Carr, asked me, you know, what the heck, you know, you're so into industry, why do you want this job? And I looked at him and I I didn't think about it, it just came out and I said, I want to change the world. And I thought... <laughs> That's right. That's you, know, you how, Maria. <laughs> how unfair, you know, why just affect five companies when you have the potential um, to create a network and surround yourself with magnificent people, and I was... Um, who can together do great things. So I think that's really kind of how it started. Yeah, thank you. Let me just check in. I feel a little bit foolish. Dee, did I miss your break notice because I've been very engrossed? Just whisper in my ear, please. Am I okay? Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Now I have one minute. Okay. Thank you. Uh, it's just uh, I, I get, you know, I get a tunnel vision and I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is so cool. Um, so, um so something happened around 2000 where you left the MEP network. Oh, by the way, let us uh, give people the connection for the MEP network so you can get in touch with a local provider and they can help you. They're there to help. They are funded by our tax dollars to help you get where you need to go and become a continuous improver and a, a market, if not a leader, a market participant Okay, so you can go to www.mep.gov, MEP, Manufacturing Extension Partnership, .gov. And there you will find in your state uh, an array of these centers. You contact them, and they will come out, and they'll help you. They will help you, and it's because it's partly funded by the government, it is at a very reasonable cost, I, I think. Is that not one of the, the characteristics of the MEP, to be affordable? It is. It absolutely is because of the market failure that large consultants simply aren't going to serve the small guys. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, you know what? We're going into our breaks. So when we come back, Maria Elena, will you please tell us about what happened after you left the MEP and then what happened after that? Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, thanks. And we'll be back in just a second. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth. You are at the Visual Workplace, and we have a guest today, Maria Elena Stouffer. She used to head up the MEP network for the entire nation, all 50 states plus Puerto Rico, and she moved on to even greater work when she left there. And Maria, thank you so much for coming. I would invite you to please pick up the story at about the year 2000. Something happened then, and let's see what. Okay, so 10 years in industry, 10 years in government, and the next decade on my own, six years into it. So after 10 years into the MEP program that we talked about, the program had really grown and reached steady state. We had developed curriculum, simulations, rolled it out, as we talked about, to 50 states of Puerto Rico, thousands of field engineers. And I thought, you know, wow, um, this really applies to government. And, you know, again, people are coming to work every day feeling unfulfilled, talk about being mired in complex, convoluted process, and we know how to change that. So I thought, you know, I I live in our nation's capital. Um, I'd like to serve the federal government and bring lean thinking into, um, you know, the people that serve our federal government. And you started your own practice under the name of? Ultimately, Inc. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you began to do a lot of work with the government. So please tell us what you discovered there. And on the way, would you describe how visuality has been part of that formula? Absolutely. So the one thing I'd love to tell listeners is the neat thing about government that I really didn't understand because I came from industry is that Folks typically join the government for the mission. They're unbelievably passionate about civil service and the mission. So the Air Force, fly, fight, and win. Um, EPA, protect human health and the environment. HUD, um, U.S. HUD, affordable housing. So they can see it, touch it, feel it. They get it. The problem is when they get there, it's not so pretty. The processes are encumbered. They're convoluted. They're overly complex when there's no need for them to be overly complex. So the neat thing is I was able to bring visuality in um, and lean thinking in and work with folks to really transform. So do you want me to talk about some stories? Yeah, 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 I really do. That one you told me yesterday was fantastic. Okay, great. So, um, and, and thanks for giving me this opportunity because it's, it's just really been such a fulfilling experience. And so I'm going to pick just a couple of my favorites. Um, I've been working with U.S. HUD, Housing and Urban Development, and it's near and dear to my heart because we've been on our journey since 2007 in the Office of Healthcare Programs. So they don't make loans. They endorse. Um, they insure the, um, the loan. And so you're talking about a 30-year commitment. And so they're serving assisted living, skilled nursing, ward and care. And this team has just grown exponentially and really transformed its culture. And, you know, that certainly makes it thrilling to, to see these folks just blossom. And so we've had some real breakthroughs of visuality. 
Um, so the other thing I want to share with listeners is obviously visuality is key everywhere. And I don't want to discredit work and industry, but raw material and whip and finished goods really are visual indicators in and of themselves. And so in civil service, it's really difficult to see whip work in progress and information flow where um, work is stuck, why it's stuck. There aren't rework bins and scrap bins and add-ons. So we indeed bring the work to life and make it visible through visual dashboards, status boards, red reports for problem solving. So I hope that resonates and makes sense. It's incredibly powerful. Yes, it's really excellent. We have done a lot of talking about manufacturing, and this is bringing it home for um, for the transactional um, side of industry. Uh, one of the things that uh, people um, tend to imagine but could really benefit from your describing is that there are display boards that will allow them to see what is in process and what is the status but you took it a step further. You, you used it as a doorway, these display boards, for problem solving. And I would invite you to describe that for us so we can really enter into that format and understand how it worked. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let me start kind of with a baseline and then build on the maturity path and how we got to problem solving through visuality. So um, if I could digress just a teeny tiny second, um, when HUD has a property in its portfolio, again, there's risk over 30 years, so they need to measure and monitor and manage the performance. So they needed a simple, effective, and efficient way to monitor performance of the asset. So now they're using visuality to look at a portfolio and see, oh, it's green, it's yellow, it's red. And so when they see red, they know where to focus and where the troubled states or portfolio or properties are. And so, you know, stress is relieved because they're focusing on where the problems are. There's no more unknowns and guessing. And so they're not waiting until red. And I think we talked about this yesterday. There's no more better dead than red. Hide, hide behind it. They can actually manage yellow to green because when they see that they're moving into problems, it's a trigger to do problem solving. So, so what, what they're doing, just so the listeners get it, is that they are pre-qualifying all of their, all of their uh, accounts, as it were. So you, uh, you get one status or another, red, green, yellow, and then they're able to see as uh, an account moves to red and they'll be – in other words, what they're doing in my language is they're sorting the universe. They're taking this night sky of a million gazillion stars and they're giving you a way to differentiate between them, to give them what I call a valence. You're giving a valence. Now, this stuff used to be, this information used to be in a computer. Are you currently using the computer as, as it were, the screen or the format for presenting this information, or is it on the wall? Would you tell us about that, please? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So we do both, and the reason we do both is they are scattered nationally. It's a virtual team. And so we really needed to keep some stuff in the computer. It's on SharePoint. So we have electronic dashboards, but we also have whiteboards um, at headquarters. So we use both. And and the the headquarters allows you to see the outliers or the real screamers? Or how do you differentiate what's in the computer to what makes it on the whiteboard? Okay, so... It, it really depends um, because there are so many different divisions. You know, there's HR, um, there's acquisition procurement, um, there's the folks that are doing single-family loans, multifamily loans, office of health care, and they vary. The neat thing is is that um, no two are alike. They really have powerfully tailored them into what works most for them. And so depending on the level in the organization, the level of leadership, the boards also look differently and they use them differently. And so um, the really neat thing just happened yesterday. One of the directors um, who really didn't embrace visuality, didn't really understand it, didn't know what he didn't know, stopped me yesterday and he was giggling. And, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, what's going on? And he was just so delighted. He said, I love my board. And I said, my gosh, I'm being interviewed tomorrow. Can I quote you? And he said, absolutely. And, um, you know, I said, so, so why are you so happy? And he said, well, prior to visuals, 
we weren't certain, you know, the status of anything. He said, I didn't know where problems were, and we were blaming and speculating. He said, now I know where the problems are. I know what the status is. I know where they are. I know what we're late on. I know what we're on time. I know if we're improving. I know if we're getting worse, and I know where to go problem solve. So, I mean, when you talk about standard work for a leader, the leader is actually problem solving. Yes, it's so interesting. In in my experience, what your executive ex- experience is this thing that I call a sense of control over his corner of the world. The control doesn't mean that everything is right, but the control means that he knows enough to know what's next. And that gives him a sense of stability, of psychological safety. It's outstanding. Excellent. So, so the other thing I, I'd like to add and to tell listeners is that You know, it sounds really simple, but the power of just a visual Pareto signaling where 80% of the problems are rather than speculating, guessing, is just so easily elegant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. And um, how do you get uh, folks to actually create these boards? Um, Gosh, it's not easy. (laughs) It's absolutely not easy because, again, they don't know what they don't know. Um, they have to come to self-discovery. They have to recognize that something's missing. So what we try to do is lay out um, a vision or a hotion and, and start, start with metrics of if we're currently here, where do we want to go and what's keeping us, what are the barriers from getting us there? Mm-hmm. And when they start guessing and they don't know, you start bringing in, well, what if we could see? What if we knew? What if we had some run charts? Um, what if we had a bowler chart and we could look at plan versus actual? What if it was visual? So it's a lot of what ifing scenarios. And then, you know, in lieu of me walking in with a board and start painting the canvas is it's really a discovery and it is a lot of patience and planting seeds. And I hope that makes sense. So in that way, they, when it happens, they really own it. They're already invested. Absolutely, because um, there's been a lot of failures, myself included, where, you know, you bring the board to them and it goes in a closet. Mm, Wow, that's really, really great. That's such an interesting way to cultivate the thinking by helping them simply notice that they need more, that they don't know what they're supposed to know. That's really outstanding, Maria. So, um, what I'd like us to transition into, I'd like you to think if there's anything else that you want to tell us about your HUD experience or your work with the government, and then please let's transition over to your very important work, which is total volunteer work of chairing AME, Association for Manufacturing Excellence, and beginning to bring that organization into some higher levels of connection and into a kind of soulful leadership as well. But I really love what you said about visual. We squeeze that in. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So would you like me to talk about AME? You know, we're going to go into a break right now. I want you to think about if there's anything else you want to say about visual because we're going to leave that and move into okay. AME right after the break. Perfect. Thank you. See you everyone in a moment. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to the Visual Workplace, and we have the honor of interviewing today Maria Elena Stouffer, who's had a really illustrious career, both as a practitioner in the manufacturing sector, as a leader of many, many, many hundreds of other practitioners when she was the head of MEP in the MEP Network, which is there to serve the supplier chain in our country. And then she moved to her own uh, company, her own self-standing company, Ultimate Lean. By the way, uh, we will need to have that uh, URL in just a moment, please, Maria, and uh, has been doing work with the government. So I would like you to finish up on your government work by just giving us one more tiny example that will show us how powerful visual is for government. And by the way, for my uh, constant listeners, you'll know that she has open doorway number three the doorway of visual displays, production control boards, and doorway number four, the leadership doorway. So please, Maria, tell us and then also tell us how to get in touch with you at Ultimate Lean. Okay, great. So, you know, I talked, I spent a lot of time on HUD. Again, it was near and dear to my heart because the team is just so great. Um, But I've also spent, you know, time with EPA and with the Air Force, and I, I want to really emphasize and echo that, it applies everywhere in government. For example, um, you know, everybody hires, everybody does procurement acquisition, everybody has requests for information. And so in the Air Force, we did very similar things. Prior to visuals, you know, we weren't certain the status of an RFI, a request for information, comes from the Pentagon, comes from Congress. And so, you know, customers are calling and saying, where is my RFI? Where is my order? Um, And, you know, we didn't know, are we late? Are we on time? Are we improving? Are we getting worse? And so with visuality, it helps us to know where the problems are so we can problem solve. And the other thing is, you know, we'll take a value stream map and we will actually break it down and look at status. I call it the bouncing ball. And we'll be able to know, oh, it's at this stage and phase. It's at that stage and phase. Oh, my gosh, it's it's. We're ahead of schedule. We're behind schedule. So, again, it's just so powerful in bringing people um, visibility. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And your website, please? It's a long one. It is ultimatelean.com. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, I can can spell that, ultimatelean.com. Good, I got that. (laughs) Now, tell us, you joined AME, and then you pretty much took over the leadership. A wonderful, wonderful journey. Association for Manufacturing Excellence is a not-for-profit organization that has been around for, I think, close to 30 years. And it is there for us to network together, to learn together, to come together in conferences and regional meetings, to be able to get engaged, deeply engaged in improvement by talking to our peers and sometimes expert practitioners. Tell us about that experience and please begin to weave in soulful leadership. Okay, I will. Thank you. Gosh, so AME, Association for Manufacturing Excellence, uh, yes, um, this is third shift. So as Gwendolyn described, it's a not-for-profit that I've served since 1998 and um I wouldn't say that I've taken it over. It's taken over me. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. You're right about that. (laughs) Shame Uh, on me. (laughs) So, you know, the neat thing is I'm surrounded by the most amazing, amazing people. And I do it because I'm so drawn to our mission. The mission is to inspire a commitment to enterprise excellence through experiential learning by bringing people together to share, learn, and grow. So some of the key things is it's experiential learning, kick the tires. It's um, we bring people together so that they can share with each other and they can learn from each other and they themselves and their organizations can grow. So very powerful. 
We um, do a conference every year. In fact, we're going to be in Chicago October 15th through 19th. And 2,500 people come together, and it's really um, a love fest of enterprise excellence. And we also have um, regional presidents in nine regions in North America, and they run workshops and events. And the neat thing is it's not consulting. It's, you know, soulful leaders getting together again to share, learn, and grow. You know, I want to comment also that the people, not the staff, there is a staff who is a paid and, and compensated staff, but everyone else who supports uh, AME through their time and the other resources does it as a volunteer. So these are people who are committed and they are really voting with their feet. They're showing you how committed they are by sitting on the boards, by organizing programs, by making sure events and learning and networking happens. It's very, very impressive. Yeah, um, that's a really, really important important point. Um, one of our core values is volunteerism. And so all of our regional presidents, all our board members, everybody's a volunteer. Um, we have 300 volunteers. And they have full-time jobs, and they serve as regional presidents to, again, um, bring best practice and enterprise excellence out into the community. Would you mind uh, uh, commenting upon this idea of copying versus learning, copying what others have learned as compared to learning oneself? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I alluded to that with the board, you know, so somebody can copy a board and it's going to end up in a closet. And so what what we do is rather bring people together, allow them to kick the tires, go on a tour open their facility and start to share and they make contacts and can actually make phone calls and start to share with each other and learn from each other in lieu of, oh, let me go over there and copy what they're doing and steal shamelessly and it just isn't sustainable, it doesn't stick. And so what we've started this year is we're starting to develop, we have a couple, um, but we want to grow to at least a dozen in the next year, consortias. And I like to call consortias leverage learning networks because it's a group of individuals that benefit from a group learning and sharing together. They have the benefit, and I I stole this from you actually, Gwendolyn, is sharing Mm -hmm. war stories, the yes buts, the what ifs, Mm -hmm. and they're on a journey together. So it's not, let me go on a tour and start to take a picture of their board, steal it, and then I'm going to put it up in mine. But it's really a long time journey and not a one and done. Right. And so, oh, I love that one and done. You're, you're full of these little aphorisms that are, are like T-shirt uh, 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 slogans. Oh, on, on the consortium, so our listeners understand. So yeah. it's going to be a group of companies. They're normally non-competitors. And they usually meet, take turns having meetings or uh, colloquiums or trainings in each other's plants. And there's a commitment that we're going to learn something. We're going to put it in place in each of our plants and we're going to go around and see what that learning looks like in the consortium members own facility and you go around and you see the same principles of learning the same principles of visual or visual or principles of lean alive in a different venue and you learn more and you support each other you talk to each other you check in with each other and you it's like you're on a very large rowboat and everybody needs to be rowing, but you're also helping each other get to the distant shore. And consortiums are something I think that really were developed were developed in um, in Canada, maybe in the 1990s or so, and then came to us here. They're very efficient, and they are. It's like being on a team, but a much larger team than just your company. A team of companies. Yeah, and it's really neat because they're geographically based, needless to say, so that you have ease at getting together regionally. And so there's a spirit there in the community that you want the region to do well as a whole, right? Yeah, I mean, the Jacksonville Consortium has taken over the whole town. There's some manufacturers who began. This is the work of Jerry Bussell at Medtronics. He started a, I know it isn't AME, but he's so close to all of us. Oh, and he started a consortium. And, uh, and even the government and the police department. Am I right about that, Maria? Yes. And the you police are. department Absolutely. are involved. Yeah. Yep, the so, hospitals, the whole community, education system. 
Yeah, so you've, you, you know, you're right there together and you're improving everything. You're improving the community. You're sharing. It's, it's leveraged learning network, just as you said. Um, so may, let me invite you to return to the title of today's show, Soulful Leadership, and relate it to you and AME and the kinds of objectives and goals that you're trying to put in place there, you along with many other people. But you are in a leadership position, and I think that that's very important because this thing that I saw way back when in in, uh, the MEPs, you brought that spirit with you, Maria, and I honestly uh, think that you're a big, big part of that change. I, I want to give you credit even if you don't want to accept it. Well, thank you. <laughs> so the our original vision of AME was to be recognized throughout North America as this professional association where our members, primarily manufacturers, can learn to add even greater value for customers and stakeholders. Gosh, you'll never remember that. And so our our mission really has been tweaked, but the essence is fundamentally the same powerful mission to inspire commitment to enterprise excellence. So when is enterprise excellence in the history of time ever wrong? And so we looked at our vision and said, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. It's so internally focused. We want to be recognized. And so we took a hard look at it and said, um, you know, what effect are we really having and what legacy do we want to leave behind? It's not about us. And we asked ourselves, are we really and truly making a difference? You're talking about the AME organization as a volunteer organization that is working on on a vision together. That's correct. Yeah. So so what we did is um, a couple months ago, we got together and had an off-site long-range planning committee meeting. you know what, Maria? I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a second so we can go into a break and come out of it again. And we'll be back in just a second. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gwendolyn Gowsworth. We're in our last segment of The Visual Workplace. Today, we're interviewing Maria Elena Stouffer, and we're talking about soulful leadership. We're in the last segment of our show, and I'm going to ask you, Maria, if you could talk more about soulful leadership in terms of the AME vision and also what you hope to see happen and what has been informing this mission. Take it away. Okay. <laughs> So when we created our new mission and we looked externally instead of internally, our new vision is partners in creating a strong manufacturing economy to improve the quality of life and standard of living. So what really resonates is we're talking about a manufacturing economy, manufacturing engine, but to serve 
what a greater good is improving quality of life and standard of living. And we all um, recognize how critically important it is to our nation's economy as well as national security. And so with that, we recognize that, okay, what needs to be the key focus areas? And so needless to say, we're going to stick to enterprise excellence, which is at our core. And we know that innovation and technology is really key to fuel that. But manufacturing also has to be viewed as a sexy, desirable career path. But drumroll, where social leadership comes in, is that none of this is absolutely possible without soulful, heartfelt, inspirational, human-centric leadership. And the best example that I've seen of that is Barry Waymiller Company. And so I've had many discussions with the CEO, Bob Chapman, and um, we shook hands and decided that together we're going to change the world. So here's another um, example. So that's what I'm talking about when we talk about soulful leadership. How do you teach it? How do you become a soulful leader? How do I know when I am a soulful leader? So great question. Um, again, I, I can't emphasize enough when you think about it, and Bob has done a, a beautiful TEDx talk on this, is that seven out of eight people go home. A beautiful on, TED talk, did you say yes, TED? Yes, beautiful TED talk. Yes, so we can find Bob Chapman on TED. Yes, yes. So what happens is seven out of eight people go home unfulfilled and, and feeling really crappy about the work and that they're not cared for by their company. And so how sad is that? And we know that through listening and communication and embracing lean thinking and bringing people um, support systems and safety nets and tools to make their workplace a better environment, um, that's really what soulful leadership is about. It's about listening and caring for the people under your stewardship. And they've done it so well. And so it's certainly, I mean, you talk about going and stealing an idea from a company um, and it does, it's not sustainable. Well, the same thing goes for leadership. You don't go to a leadership class and you leave and thou art a leader. Um, you know, it's, it's a journey and it's really about understanding the characteristics um, and what it means to be um, an inspirational leader. And, and I so- understand. You go yeah. ahead, please. No, you go ahead. So so we formed this partnership and we're trying to create what is this going to look like? And to answer your question is we're still working out the details of what does it look like and how do you get in that journey? Um, but one of the ways that you know if you're there is the way Barry Waymiller measures it is their key measure of success is by the way they touch the lives of people. And so that's pretty darn powerful. And it's pretty easy to ask people how they feel in their workplace. How do they feel about the leaders that serve them? Ah, directly and personally. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And, and my understanding is, and perhaps I'm a little bit ahead of what you're planning to do, but I believe that I heard that there were going to be some new tracks of learning offered on a regional basis by AME and that one of them was, was going to be on how to become a soulful leader or how to bring leadership, a, a greater level of leadership into your own organization. Right. So, so there'll be modules and curriculum and, you know, perhaps an institute. And again, the details are just so sketchy right now, very rough. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you think about it, we've gotten really, really great at teaching visuality and 5S and pull and Kanban and things like that and enterprise excellence. Um, But a huge, huge, huge missing piece. And everybody says, gosh, why isn't it sustaining? And what's wrong? And, What's wrong is the the void and the lack of leadership. And mm. leaders are are there to serve the people. The people aren't there to serve the company. It's leadership there to serve the people um, under their stewardship. Yes. And so that's really where we're headed. Well, I will tell you that I can hardly wait until this happens. And in the same breath, I want to say... 
I would love to see AME go much, 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 much further with visuality. They're doing an okay job. I'd love to see them explore it very fully. But that's just my own end, unending agenda for the rest of That's my way of changing the world. You can never make me happy enough with, uh, you know, with visuality. I want more, more, more. So. Uh, well, we'd be delighted because they're, they go hand in glove, right? I mean, yes, they're they, not they, exclusive. They absolutely go hand in glove. Um, we have just a minute left. I'm curious, what's on your nightstand? What are you reading now? Okay, so I'm, I'm reading two books at the same time. Um, and one of them, I'm reading Axiom, and I'm reading that um, in preparation for our endeavor in leadership. And the other book I'm reading uh, is uh, Dan, Pick's, Dan Pink's book, uh, drive. And the reason I'm reading that is he's coming to our conference. I heard him speak at our school and just was delighted with what he had to say about engagement. What is his last name, please? Pink, P-I-N-K. And he'll be keynoting at our conference as well. Wonderful. I hope you all can make it to the October conference in Chicago. Maria Elena Stofer, I want to thank you so much for giving so much of your time, not just for this show, but for the entire revolution, the transformation of manufacturing and work in the United States. Your work has been really uh, memorable and impressive and so very important to all of us. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure, and thank you for all you do. Thank you. All right. And this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and we'll see you the next time I'm signing off. And you bet I'll be here. Yes, I will. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.